0: eating dinner and his wife, his wife walks in and, you know, the husband's enjoying dinner and he looks up for a second from his dinner and says, honey, how's your day? And she replies with a flat monotone, it was great. And he says, amazing, I'm so happy to hear it was great. And he just puts his head down and goes right back to eating dinner that is a paradigmatic example of miscommunication. Speech that is is effective. And speech is so essential, so fundamental to just about every aspect of living in this world. We are speaking beings. One of the interpretations of what makes humanity so distinct and so unique from animals is that we can speak. And the question is, what is speech? So I wanna perhaps take a deeper, a deeper journey into the essence of speech. And there's so much to talk about when it comes to smir shalash, and smir shalash, when it comes to the essence of deeper, essence of speech, there's so many halachic topics. But I wanna approach this from perhaps a deeper perspective. And to do so, I wanna entertain the spiritual concept of speech. What is the essence of speech? And we know that the Torah begins by saying the Hashem created the world with speech. It's a very strange way to think about creation. The Hashem created the world with speech. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to delve deeper into the essence of speech, and I want to understand what it means. But for example, we're, we're reading right now the story of, of Yitzhi As-Mitzrayim. And one of the most fascinating and perplexing and famous aspects of the leader of Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu, is that he seems to have something wrong with his speech. And there's a machokas. We show him, we are accustomed to assuming that he has speech impediment. So without getting into the different approaches right now, we can just ask a very simple question. What does that mean? Moshe Rabinu, the leader of Klai Yisrael, well, the, the, perhaps the greatest person who's ever lived? The Rambam refers to the paradigm of greatness, the paradigm, the paradigm of being a tzaddik, as everyone can be a tzaddik like Moshe Rabinu. And Moshe Rabinu had a speech impediment? I mean, his job was to give over the Torah. The essence of giving over the most important debor, the most important speech in the history of humankind, and he had a speech impediment. So what's what's going on here? And I guess one last question, just to frame the full spectrum of speech, is one of the when we think of problematic speech, most people think of shakir of lying, but I would say a fair amount of people, if not maybe a majority of people, will immediately think about lashon Lashon hara, shmir sa stop, don't speak lashon hara. But if you really think about lashon hara, most people think that lashon hara is speaking things that are negative about other people when they're not true. But that's not true. That's sheker. Sheker, minvar sheker t'irchak is don't lie. But don't speak lashon hara is the exact opposite. It's when you say something that's absolutely true, but it's hurtful. It's negative, causes damage, causes people to be embarrassed, causes reputation, assassination. So what's so bad about Lashon hara? Many people say, many people who know the halacha know that Lashon hara is only when it's true. They say, like, what's so bad? I'm just saying the truth. I didn't make it up. I'm not, like, you know, creating gossip and stories that aren't actually rooted in truth. So what's the real problem of Lashon hara? So I think the best way to frame our discussion is to delve into the essence of speech. And it's actually, it's one of the first times I can say this, we're gonna go deep, but there's only so much we can do in one share. Um, I develop all of these ideas in much greater depth than my brand new safer, the journey to your ultimate self just came out. And uh, it's one of the first time I'm able to say that in an actual share, never dreamed I'd be able to say that. But we're gonna go as deep as we can go with the time that we have and i think the best way to frame this is to understand the essence of what speech does because if you think about it on an existential level we all wake up at a certain point in our lives let's let's assume for argument's sake it's you know you're a teenager or a young adult and you realize that you're in this world and you're alone right no one hears your thoughts no one knows how you feel no one knows who you are no one knows what you want no one knows why you're in this world and you're just in this world thinking like who am i why am i what am i and you know does anyone really understand me do i understand anyone else and we're basically isolated in our own existential internal reality and how do we break out of that what's the one way for us to be able to get outside of ourselves and communicate with people who are also in their own internal worlds through speech, through genuine speech, where you're able to express yourself out into the world and other people can, you know, through receiving the vibrations that come out of your mouth, translate that into sound, into words and into meaning, and somehow inside of their minds exists you. And all of a sudden from being alone in the world, you're now connected with someone else. And that's genuine speech. And genuine speech is not just words, through facial expressions, through body language, through your actions, everything that you do to express yourself outside of your internal reality, outside of your internal mind, is this concept of speech, which allows us to connect with other people. Now that's, that's the first aspect of speech. The second spiritual concept of speech and perhaps the paradigmatic spiritual concept of Dibur in, in the Maharal talks about this, the Ramchal talks about this, Vilna Gon talks about this. The essence of speech is expressing the infinite into the finite. It's taking taking that which is ethereal, that which is transcendent, that which is infinite, that which is beyond the finite physical expression. And it's somehow marrying the two and expressing the infinite into the finite. So think about what happens when you speak. Think about for a second what happens when you speak. When you're, I'm not talking about when you're chit chatting I'm talking about when you're trying to formulate a real thought, when you're trying to formulate a real idea. What happens is that you take the ideas that in your head that aren't really in words. They're really beyond words. And you figure out how to formulate it into concrete thoughts, into concrete words, and you share those with other people. And all of a sudden, that which was, you know, so to speak, beyond words, if you really try to formulate creative thought, you realize that the very first stage you can't formulate. At the very first stage, you don't actually know how to formulate it into words. And then through this magical, magical process, you're able to somehow get it into words. And how does that happen? So and it's actually if you look at the what is the Hebrew word for word there's three one is mila one is a teva and one is a davar so if you think about it, what's a mila mila means to cut what's a teva a box and what's a davar a thing the essence of speaking is taking that which is abstract, that which is somewhat ethereal and infinite within the abstract aspect of your mind, and expressing it and formulating it into something concrete and finite. So what happens is you take the infinite and you cut it, merely you cut it, you put it into a teva, a box, and devar it becomes just that thing. It's like if you really think about words, you say, I love this slice of pizza, and you say, I love you to your spouse, that's just a word. But what's contained within that word is something so infinitely beyond the word. A word is always limited. Speech is always limited. And if you want to take a step back, and then the villain going to actually formulates this in a beautiful way, the best way to understand the essence of speech is to understand the five stages in the process of speech. So what are the five stages? So if you think about it, we can, we can do it conceptually, and I'll show you how it beautifully implements in the concept of speech. So the first stage of speech, the first stage of, and the concept is like this. The first stage is a flash, right? Think of it almost in the thinking process. You first have this, this flash of inspiration. And then what happens is you have a general idea, right? That which was this, this flash of inspiration starts to formulate into this general concept, this general idea. And then it starts to get details starts to get more nuanced, more qualified. You say, oh, this is there, this is there. This really means that, this is that. And then there's this process of expressing it out into the world. And the last, the fifth stage is the final outer expression. So one of the great Michelle, if you want to think about it before we apply it specifically to speech, is if you want to build a house. Let's say you're, you're, you're an architect, you want to build a house. So you're thinking, what kind of house should I build? So all of a sudden, you're in the shower, you're lying down in your bed, you're walking to a shul, and you get this flash of inspiration. Like, I I have it. I know what I'm going to build. I know what I'm going to create. And if someone would ask you at that point, so what are you going to build? You'd be like, "I I can't formulate it into words. I can't explain it to you. But it's, I have it. I know I have it. And then all of a sudden, it starts to gain form. You have a general picture, a general idea of what this house is going to look like. You have like, if you look at from like an outside view, you have like a general idea of the structure, of the shape, the color, maybe of you know what the rooms in general, what the show, the format and layout of the house is going to be. But next comes something much more important, which is okay, but. How are you going to actually make that happen? What are the details? Like, what about the nails? What about the door? What about, you know, what's this bathroom? Where, where are we going to put this? What about this? And all of a sudden, you start to give much more finite detail to the abstract, generalized concept. And then you have to build it. So then you take that brilliant blueprint, that brilliant idea, and you start to actually create the house. That's the fourth stage. What's the fifth stage? The house. The finished product, when you actually can say, that was a, we say every Friday night in in L'chadodi, the final result always originates first in thought. That flash of inspiration turned into that final product, that final house. So the same five stages apply to how we speak and how we process our thoughts. If you ever have a brilliant idea, creative idea, a creative thought, if you're having a really emotional experience and you wanna formulate what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what this means, if you're having a spiritual experience, you're connecting to Hashem on a deeper level, you become self-aware in a new way, you have an amazing relationship, you have an amazing uh, connection, amazing experience. The first stage of trying to express that in words is just this flash. There's nothing, there's no words, there's no concrete expression. There's no way to concretize what you're thinking because it's not really thought yet. It's just a flash. And the Hebrew concept there is really, it formulates more in the realm of ruts and the realm of like higher will, where basically it's just about to drop into your head, but it's not there yet. And then you have the second stage, which is machshava, this general concept. But what basically is just a generalized idea. There's no real words yet, it's really this this abstract thought, just conceptual abstract thought. And then you get the realm of Bina where you're breaking it down, it's the realm of intellect where you can actually process the thought and you start to formulate words. And then there's the process of Dibor, where you actually speak it out to someone else. And the fifth stage is the actual words that you speak, Davar, the word or Misa, where you basically take, for example, you want to do a mitzvah, you have to have this whole process of, I want to do that, this is how I'm going to do it, and then you actually carry it out. That final product, the fifth stage, that final expression, is the actual words or the actual actions you do. And we find this in halacha so many times, that just the thought alone is not enough. You have to actually bring it out into the physical concrete world. So for example, one great example is the Rambam, and Hilchus says that the way that you fulfill the mitzvah of tshuva or the mitzvah of idvah, we're not going to get into the lambdas there in terms of what the Rambam really holds, the mitzvah of but the Rambam says that you have to actually speak it. You can't just have charata, you can't say like alchitz in your mind, you have to speak it, why? Because you have to take the abstraction and bring it and concretize it into this world. You have to speak it. And many mitzvahs, the same thing for a mitzvah. You can't just want to do the mitzvah. You have to actually do it with a physical mitzvah. You can't you know, say, I really want to do this amazing mitzvah. That's it, great, but it has to become expressed into this world. And these five stages as well, if you want a really beautiful application, these five stages are expressed in the Chamishi Shei Torah. So the first for, sefer, Sefer Bereshis, is really this, this flash of inspiration because it's the seed of what's to come. Humanity, really, the world's created, but humanity's created, and it's the seed of what will ultimately become Klai Yisrael, right? You have Adam or Isha, and then it gets filtered to Noach, and to Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and then you have the shatim they go into Mitzrayim. Seed for Shemos is that generalized content, It's the birth of Klai Israel in a generalized way. right? It's the birth of Klai Yisrael Torah, right? It's the birth of Klai Yisrael in a general way conception. It's the inception and conception of Klai Yisrael. But then what happens from the generalized concept, we get all the details in Sefer of Aikra. It's the Sefer of the Avoda, of Mitzvos, of Karbanos, of like, how are we going to actually connect Hashem? What does it mean to be part of Klai Yisrael? What are we going to do? One second, I think. I think. I apologize. I think the. The audio changed for a second, but can you give me a thumbs up? Can everyone hear me now? Yes, we can okay, hear you. Fantastic. I apologize. No, <laughs> it's all good for a second. So then, from the generalized concepts of ayikra, sorry for the deep from the details of ayikra, we get to bamidbar. Now, bamidbar is fascinating because it is the essence of what of dibor. Literally, in the the word bamidbar means what bamidbar means from speech. Because what is Bamidbar? All right? What is Bamidbar? Bamidbar is where the we basically start the process of actually living in this world. And whenever, we, whenever you go from the theoretical realm of the idealism of what could be, what should be, you start to, act, when you start to try to actualize that, things always go wrong. That's the essence of living in this world, this finite world, is that we live in the world of trying to become perfect, but not being perfect. And when you try to become perfect, there's imperfection, there's mistakes. So the entire essence of safer by midbar is actually categorized by problems in the process of bringing everything that happened in safer Bracious and Shamos and Vaikra, bring that into fruition. What happens? We have the Chet Hamaraglim, Moshon Hara. We have the Chet of Korach, the rebellion of Korach. We have Bilam trying to use Dibor to curse Klai Yisrael. So many examples of Dibor going wrong, Bamidbar. And what's Dvarim? Dvarim is the final expression. It is everything that came before it expressed in finite form. What is it? It's literally Moshe's words. Dibur, davar, the actual word itself, not the process, the finalized product. And what is safe environment? It's a repetition of everything that came before and it's Moshe's repeating everything that came before, which is absolutely fascinating. There's so much to talk about there, but just for the sake of time, we'll, we'll leave it there. But what's, what's the concept here? The concept is that the essence of speech is its the medium of expression. It's the expression from the infinite to the finite. It's the, 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 the aspect of taking everything which is spiritual, everything which is ethereal, everything which is abstract and infinite and transcendent and trying to express it into the finite, physical, corporeal, limited realm of our physical world. And when you try to speak, when you really speak, when you're trying to say real thoughts, it's difficult. And that's why communication, communication is difficult because speech can never convey the thought itself whenever you try to say what you're really thinking, what you're really feeling, you always feel that the words didn't really convey what I wanted them to convey. And that's the the point. The point is that speech is always a limited expression. And genuine communication is very difficult because if we take the words literally, we'll never really understand what people are thinking. But if our goal in communication is to say, you're gonna give me words and I'm gonna use those words as a medium to try to actually get back to what you're thinking, Not to take the words literally and not to project what I would use those words to mean, but to say, what do you mean by those words? And that's the only way to actually communicate is to almost get beyond the words, but by using the words. And that's what it means that Hashem created the world with speech. It's that what was the act of creation? What is creation? Creation is the expression, the emanation of the infinite to the finite. The physical world is an expression, as the Ramchal explains, and the Maharal explains, the physical world is an expression of the spiritual. What speech, taking that which is infinite and expressing it into the finite? What is creation, taking that which is infinite and expressing it into the finite? The physical world is an expression of the spiritual, and therefore, fundamentally, creation was an act of speech the concept, the spiritual concept of speech. And that's also the idea of using the physical world to connect back to Hashem. The physical world's an expression of the spiritual so you can understand the spiritual through the physical. That's why so many balimachshava, basically all of their ideas and thoughts are using all of the things in the physical world as tools and as a medium of a, of a muscle, so we can basically trace ourselves back from the physical world to HaKadosh Baruch understand the spiritual through the physical. So what's the essence? What's the essence of Moshe's speech impediment? This is a fascinating question because if you think about it, what was, what was Moshe's speech impediment? So if you look at the Roshan, there's different opinions, right? The Rashi seems to say it's yes, a speech impediment, but we often think he had a lisp. The, the Rashbam said, oh, he didn't have a speech impediment. He just forgot Egyptian, so he couldn't speak Egyptian so well. That was his problem with speaking. And the Ron says, no, he had a speech impediment, but the reason he had a speech impediment is because it's so important for the leader of Klai Yisrael, who gave the Torah, not to be one who galvanized the crowd and was an inspiring guru, because then what will people say? People will say they the Kleistral only accepted the Torah because they were inspired to they were you know mesmerized and you know uh, they were brainwashed by Moshe it wasn't because of you know the, they were committing tashem so the, what's the Rahn? and the Russia around the Rahn gives them one of the most famous and, and really brilliant suggestions which is that the reason why Moshe had to have a list or had to have some form of speech impediment was because for you know, the rest of history, people would never be able to say that Klai Yisrael were convinced to accept the Torah. They will completely recognize that despite Moshe's speech impediment, Klai Yisrael accepted the Torah for one reason and one reason only, because it was 100% true. They accepted it for the right reasons and not because Moshe was an inspirational leader. Does that mean that leaders should not be inspirational? Absolutely not. But in terms of the inception of Klai Yisrael, in terms of Ma'an Torah, that was something that at least according to the Ran, it was very important that Klai have no external reasons to accept the Torah except the fact that it was MS, except the fact that it was true. But the Maharal gives a brilliant, brilliant explanation for Moshe's speech impediment. He says... Most people think that Moshe had a speech impediment, and it was a, it was a you know basically a physical problem that he had. It was basically Moshe was brilliant, one of the greatest people Philadelphia, but he had a speech impediment. maros is the exact opposite. It's only because Moshe Rabbeinu was so transcendent, so exceptional, such a tzaddik, so perfect, so to speak, or at least as much as a human being could possibly become, that was the essence of his speaking problem. Why, Moshe? couldn't speak because he was beyond speech. He lived in such a a, a transcendent, infinite realm, so connected to the spiritual truth of reality that he couldn't express that into the finite world. He couldn't formulate finite thoughts. He couldn't bring that down into the physical world. Moshe couldn't speak. He needed Aaron to help him bring it down into the world. And what does the Maharal say? He says that there was a transition. Once Hashem gave Moshe the Torah, which itself is a paradox, Taking the Ratzun and Chachma Hashem, which itself is obviously infinite, and somehow expressing that into finite form, into finite words. The fact that we can read the Torah, read words of the Torah, and that is the Ratzun Hashem, that's the Chachma Hashem, that's a paradox. The fact that there is a finite expression of the infinite that we were given, that also gave Moshe the ability to get the Koach of Dibor. And right after, Right after Moshe receives the Torah, what does Moshe do? He speaks. That's Sefer for Moshe suddenly speaks. And that was the first time Moshe was able to speak as the Maharal explains without the speaking, without the speech impediment, because he was given the gift of speech, of expressing abstract thought through the finite. And I'll, I'll leave you with two very fascinating ideas before we close off. One, is that the Gemara Anida says, the Gemara Enidah that says that when we were in the womb, we learned kolatorakula. And just before we were born, the Malach who was teaching us kolatorakula hit us on the mouth and we forgot kolatorakula. So the Maharal and really, you know, every Risha, every Acherin every asked the same question. Why, why are we learning kolatorakula if we're going to forget? So this is a famous Gemara, and the Villanagan gives a brilliant explanation. He says, the reason why is because we we're given it as a gift, but our job is not to get Torah, not to get everything. And he says, it's not just Torah. it's that you are learning the deepest realms of, of spiritual truth. And you're also learning your purpose in life, your Torah, what you're supposed to come into this world to become. And you forget it, not that it's basically lost, but that you lose access to it. So you can come into this world and earn it yourself because that was a gift. It's ingrained into your consciousness so that you know subconsciously who you're supposed to become. And then you come into this world and become who you're supposed to become. But the Maharal says, why on the mouth? Why did the hit you on the mouth? Because the mechanism of making you lose access to who you are, making you lose access to transcendent truth, transcendent clarity, transcendent perception, is the gift of speech. It is the very gift of speech that makes us lose connection to Torah, that makes us lose connection to HaKash Baruch Hu, makes us lose connection to truth, makes us lose connection to ourselves. What's the mechanism of reattaining that transcendent truth? Speech. It's, it's unbelievable, because why? The only way that we can access and reaccess truth is through speech, by listening, by talking, by hearing, by receiving through words. But the essence is that speech can't convey the transcendent truth itself. It can lead you to it. If you want to get a real teacher, you want to get a teacher who who is going to lead you towards the truth, but they can't give it to you. It's like teaching someone to ride a bike. You can show someone how to ride a bike, but you can't teach them. You can't tell them how to do it. You got to basically show them until they're able to do it themselves. And that's the essence of transcendent truth is that a teacher can lead you to it, can guide you, can try using words to guide you towards transcendent truths, deeper Torah, the essence of what life is about, but they can't give it to you. And through speech, you have to basically get beyond speech. You have to use speech And that's the brilliance that speech is how we lost it, but speech is also how we reattained it. And we use speech by talking about things that we can't talk about. And by talking about things that we can't talk about, you have to somehow allow yourself to be carried. It's almost like the teacher will drop the idea and you have to just allow the idea to find its way into you. Like find, allow it to drop into your head in the right way. It's like rolling around and you kind of just like, you know, meditate on it until you understand it. I cannot tell you how many times I would listen to a sheer and have no idea what was being said. And listen to a sheer, I have no idea what was being said. And I basically was just convinced that I understood it. And then I was convinced I didn't understand it. And I was convinced I would never understand it. And then two years later, I heard one thing and it completely transformed retroactively what I had heard two years ago. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I understood it. And then a year later, what I thought I understood then completely revolutionized. It's this endless process of realizing that speech will always lead you towards something more. But you have to... Go on that vulnerable journey to something even deeper, and that's the essence of speech. And what's the corruption? What, what's the 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 evil of lashon hara? Because what's the purpose of speech? Everything in this world is about connection. Right? We want to connect to our higher selves, who we're supposed to become. We want to connect baruch Hu. We want we want to connect to other people to Christ. so We want to connect to ideas. We want to connect to our, our family. We want to connect to to basically everything. We want to basically build and connect and you know, bridge the gaps between everything and build oneness, build interconnectivity, build chachma, build brilliance. The essence of speech on an interpersonal level is connecting us together. We use speech to build relationships, to communicate, to connect, to enjoy each other's company, to share ideas, to build something powerful. What does Lashon Haradu do? He uses that same koach, that same power of speech that connects people together and he uses it to disconnect people. It's the ultimate corruption of speech. That's why, by the way, if you want to really think about it, why isn't Shekhar called Lashon Hara? You'd think that Shekhar would be worse, right? Shekhar should be worse than Lashon Hara. So Lashon Hara literally means bad speech. We understand it means when you use speech to you know, hurt people. But Shekhar is also Lashon Hara, it's bad speech, it's using speech to tell lies. But Shekhar is not Lashon, Shekhar is not speech. Because what is speech? Speech is the physical expression of something that is infinite. It's basically expressing the ethereal infinite, the spiritual, into the physical. It's when the outer expression is true. Sheker, you're telling somebody something, they think it's true, but it's not true. It doesn't actually exist in reality. They think you're communicating something that's real, but it's not real, it's a lie. Lashon hara is you take lashon, you take something which is actually true. It's true lashon, but you corrupt it. You turn it into lashon hara. You turn it into evil, tr- evil truth, evil speech, and you use the koach of speech itself to disconnect people from each other. So the miraglam use speech to disconnect klai yisrael from eretz yisrael and to disconnect klai yisrael from Hashem. Uh, you know lashon hara. The essence of lashon hara is using the power of speech to disconnect people. So what's the connect and midda of someone who speaks Lashon Hara? They get isolated from the community. Why? Because they use speech to disconnect people from each other. So they get disconnected from the from the Tzibor, from the Kehillah, from Klai yisrael, so that they can learn this idea of what they're doing with their Lashon. They're using Lashon to disconnect people. They now get removed, disconnected from the community in the hopes they'll do Teshuvah and be able to reconnect to Klai yisrael and lose, use Lashon properly. But it's, it's the, the, the brilliant essence of what Lushen is. It's the power to connect. It's the responsibility to use speech properly. And to sum up, our, our real mission in life is to connect to the truth and express it into this world, to become our ultimate selves, to use speech properly. Smear Salashan is not just watching against speaking inappropriately, it's learning how to speak powerfully and properly. Someone who knows how to speak is unstoppable. Someone who knows how to speak, they can do anything. They can uplift anyone. They can use the koach of speech to do the most incredible things on a personal level, with friendships, on a professional level, with clients, on a tzibur level, uplifting a community, speech can do wonders. But our job is not to be used by the koachal speech, but to use it. And there are really three higher forms of speech, and we'll close with this. The the three higher forms of speech are one, to use speech to, to express the infinite, the spiritual to express higher thoughts into this world, to learn Torah, to become Torah, to live Torah, and then to speak Torah, to become a walking speaking Torah, to embody and express Torah into this world. And everything about you, how you eat, how you look, how you walk, how you talk, it, its you're speaking all the time. Everything you do is a spoken word. It just might not be a verbal spoken word, but everything that we do in our entire life is a giant, we are walking you know, really, we're just walking speakerphones, And that's what it means to be a walking kid. It's that what you express, what you embody, what you represent is, is Kol Torah. It's something extraordinary, something inspiring. And the second form of speech is to use speech to connect. It is so easy. And I've given shirm on this because I feel like it is very important. The real koach and the real desire behind Lashon Hara is that it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to speak about other people behind their backs. It's enjoyable to put other people down partially because it makes us feel better about ourselves. And partially, it's just a great way to pass time. You know, talking about other people is interesting, but, we, we know, we know it's, a, first of all, no one, if you hear someone speaking Lush and to you, you know that when you leave the room, they're probably going to be speaking Lush and about you as well. So we, we all know that Lush and just doesn't, it's, it just doesn't work. It, it just, it's just, and we think that, oh, I'll speak Lush and and people will like me because I'll be the, you know, most interesting person in the audience, in the crowd I'll basically entertain everybody but when we go home at night the people who we really love and the people who we really admire appreciate respect and want to build relationships with are the people who don't speak about other people and you know the famous quote you know some people speak about things some people speak about events but great people speak about ideas It's just something to aspire to and that's the best way to connect with people is to use speech to connect with people in a higher way. And the third form of speech, which I think is the ideal and highest form of speech, is to see the world, the world itself, the world you live in, as Hashem's continuous speech. The Nefesh Hachaim explains that contrary to popular belief, Hashem didn't create the world once. Hashem constantly creates the world which means that Hashem didn't create the world once, now the world's just going by itself. Hashem is constantly willing the world into existence, which by the way, it it means that Hashem is constantly creating everyone and everything and constantly creating you, which means that Hashem is literally thinking you into existence. It's like, if you wanna think about this, I'll give you an amazing thought experiment. Think about someone in your head. Give, Give the person a name, clothing, give them a personality, give them a background, they're in your head, now stop thinking about them. They cease to exist. The only way they can exist within you is if you continuously think about them and will them into existence. That's how Nefshahim explains how Hashem constantly wills and creates everything, including all of us, which means that Hashem is constantly thinking about us and willing us into existence, which means that the world is constantly being brought into existence, which means that Hashem is constantly creating the world. How does Hashem create the world? Through speech. That means not only the physical world is an expression of the spiritual, but that everything that happens to you is Hashem speaking to you, which means that the entire world is a constant conversation. And that's what Rashi explains, Im tishme'u, is not this one-time event of Ma'an Torah, where Hashem spoke to us one time, but it's for all of history, Hashem is constantly speaking to us. And the explains, why did Avram only hear Lechacha? Why didn't Hashem say Lechacha to everyone? Sfat says, he did. Just Avram was listening. It's like a radio channel. It's always going. You have to tap into the right frequency. Hashem is constantly speaking to us. And the Ramban says that our job is to make Torah not a one-time event, but it, it, the Ramban actually says that you're not supposed to remember Torah. You're supposed to never forget. Remembering happens when you forget it. You bring it back into your consciousness. Never forgetting, meaning it's always there. You never forget that you're alive. You never say like, oh, I forgot. You know, I forgot I'm alive. You're always aware and conscious of that. Well, Torah is the same thing. We have to constantly be conscious that Akash Baruch Hu is constantly connecting to us and we have to constantly connect back and Hashem is constantly speaking to us and we have to constantly speak back and life is a conversation with ourselves with our friends with you know our spouses with our children with Akash Baruch Hu. and really ultimately it starts with having a conversation with yourself when you say that it starts with me it starts with how I'm going to choose to live my life, what I'm going to choose to think about, what I'm going to choose to speak about. That Shemir Salashim doesn't just mean that I'm going to you know, watch myself and guard myself from speaking badly, but I'm going to start speaking positively. I'm going to start speaking, you know, empowering thoughts to myself, empowering thoughts to other people. And that's really what it means to be walking Kiddush Hashem, where everything you say and everything you do represents something infinitely higher than yourself. So my bracha to all of us is that we should be inspired to use speech to use speech, to express higher thoughts, to think about higher thoughts, to think about Torah, to live Torah, to become Torah, to use speech, to connect with other people and to see the entire world as Akash Baruch Hu's speaking to us, and Akash Baruch Hu expressing something infinitely higher into this world. Rabbi Shmuel, I can say as well, and you're unstoppable and what a treat to have you join